Welcome to Jake and Afraid. I'm your host, four-time Naked and Afraid survivalist, Jake Nodar. Join me as I recap each new Naked and Afraid episode, guest hosted by some of the show's favorite alumni. Each week, we'll recap each episode with a perspective only a survivalist of the show can give. Now let's get naked. Hello and welcome to a brand spanking new episode of Jake and Afraid. Today I am joined by two-time Naked and Afraid survivalist, Andrew Shade. Thanks for being here, Andrew. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me, Jake. You're like you're like Naked and Afraid varsity and I'm like Naked and Afraid like freshman team who only got on the team <laughs> because my dad bribed them. So to me, I'm like looking up to you like, oh my God, talking to Shade, this is a big deal. Oh, you're too kind. First of all, I think you're at least JV, so give yourself some credit. <laughs> I feel like you're moving up in the ranks very quickly. Uh, how have you been since we last saw you? We actually reviewed your episode just a few weeks ago. How have you been since since filming? I've been pretty good, pretty good. You know, I thought Africa would kill me, but I, I, I made it. I survived somehow. Um, no, life is good. Now I'm just watching everybody else suffer every week, Sunday nights on Discovery, and it's much more fun on the couch <laughs> yeah. than it is with my butt cheeks in the dirt and bugs in my hair. Absolutely. Do you feel like this is something you would give a, a, a try again? Would you do a third third round of this torture? I don't know. You probably went through the same thought process when you went back, like, you're like, yes, like, I'm afraid to say no. Like, I'm afraid of regret. Like, man, what if I feel like I'll be like 85 years old? Like, what if I had gone to the Philippines? What if I had given it a shot in Mexico? What if I had? So I, I probably will say yes, because I'm afraid of the what ifs. Yeah, you know? that's understandable. I get that fully. Well, we are going to dive right in. This is season 15, episode 10, titled Not Today, Satan. And this is a location redemption, which I don't know that we've seen before. It is in Baja, Mexico, the Devil's Canyon. And there was actually two previous survivalists that tapped at this very same location on day yeah. eight of their challenge. My and most recent partner, Chris, it was him. <clears throat> Oh, so was it really? Yeah. So we talked a lot about that in Africa, about his last challenge, about what he went through leading up to that day eight and why he eventually left. And so I feel like I have this like weird indirect connection to the spot, but it's brutal. This is not an easy place, clearly. From Chris, did it was it a, largely in part due to the wind and everything else that like weather-wise? I, I think that was a big piece of it. One of the hugest pieces for Chris was he hurt his foot like day one, huge like blisters on the bottom of his feet, could barely walk. And that whole like immobility, not only is hard to get food, water when you can't walk and go get it, but I think it also messes with your brain a lot. Like you're just stuck in this little shelter or feel like you're trapped in this one little cage. Um, so I think that's what eventually did him in really on the first challenge. Wow, that's, I did not realize that was Chris. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Temperatures are all over the map during the day, super hot, triple digits, and then at night it drops down into the 40s. Surface temps can exceed 170 degrees, which is insane. We first meet Amy. Amy is 39 years old from Janesville, Wisconsin, 
she has a bunch of note cards to help her, so she definitely seems like an in- <laughs> yeah, an intellect. She she definitely took a lot of notes, which is that's fun. She kisses the cards goodbye and strips. She is a grandma. She is a self-proclaimed gilf, which sounds a lot like a skin disorder, but it actually means a grandma that I'd like to... To what? To what? <laughs> wait, wait, I missed that last part, Jake. A friend, are you like yeah. a... To oh, friend. To oh, friend oh, you know. oh, okay. I was like, rain check. <laughs> she enjoys bartending and pole dancing. She's an adventurist, and her PSR starts at 6.3. Did you have any initial thoughts on Amy? Well, she said she was like 39. I'm 41. And she's like, and I'm a grandma. And I'm like, it was like this moment of, I don't want to make this about me, but I am. And this moment of like, I'm old enough to be a grandma? <laughs> what? <laughs> So I started out this challenge with a fear level of 6.2 because I realized I'm old enough to be a papaw. Um, <laughs> but no, I thought Amy seemed pretty cool. I mean, any anybody out there pole dancing, you know they're fun to hang out with. Oh, no kidding. She's a good time for sure. I was like, yeah, you had me at drinks and pole dancing. That's, <laughs> that's a good Friday night. Next, we meet Trey. He is 44 years old from Louisville, Kentucky. Trey goes to start undressing and quotes Bianca Del Rio, who is a drag queen from RuPaul's Drag Race, and says, not today, Satan. I don't think he know who originated that quote. <laughs> okay, that was, people, I was going to ask that. Great people, y'all stole that quote from drag queens and... Uh... I was wondering. It was just between that and then he had his pony pulled back tight, Ariana Grande style. And I was like, wait, (laughs) what is going on here? (laughs) Trey's skills include friction fires and shelter building, but is best known as a caver. His friends call him Traglodyte, which sounds kind of racy, but it's actually uh, Troglodyte is a cave dwelling human. Mm-hmm. And he is very serious about his caving. Uh, he is he, very serious. You know yeah. what made me nervous about him right from the jump is uh, he's on his vehicle and he's no bigger than a minute. He doesn't have an ounce of fat on his whole body. Now, here's a little backstory. He's from Louisville, Kentucky. I'm from Lexington, Kentucky. I know him. I have met him before he ever did his challenge. He's been in the fan pages for a long while. And uh, he's hel- he's hosted big campouts. So we've been, I've been to his property uh, with other people making afraid. He's the nicest guy, but he's literally the size of my pinky. I start my challenges with some dad bod belly weight so that I can eat on that, you know, for a few days. But he doesn't have anything. He's tiny. Yeah, I was I was a little worried. I was like, Kendall Jenner, is that you? His uh, PSR starts at 7.0. They have their naked meetup, and it seems nice. They, they have a hug. They had matching braids. So immediately, I felt like they had that bond. Which was that that really... should have been their, their hashtag, like braid buddies or something. Well, I actually titled the episode The Brady Bunch. Uh, I'm super clever. So. You are so clever. I love it. <laughs> yeah. But they, they seem to be pretty comfortable with each other. Trey brings a knife. Amy brings duct tape. And they're given a uh, fire starter, but no pot, which is pretty wild because every episode, all season long, everybody gets a pot. So I was like, what is happening? What is going on? What? What? What is happening? Yeah. Yeah, I think that would scare me to not have a pot. I know like, oh, you can boil water in a coconut or in bamboo or like, what if you don't have those things? You're going to be drinking some dirty pee water. 
When I was in the Amazon, we did not get a pot, and I thought we were going to die. They gave us two knives, and I was like, what are we going to do, sword fight? You know, it's just like, this is not helpful, you bitches. Wait, just give, give us a pot. So Look, I know everybody criticized survivalists when they bring duct tape. It's happened at least once prior, and everybody heckled that guy to death. Mm -hmm. But you know what? She made shoes in 15 seconds on that hot sand. And I was like, you go, bitch. Like, you did, you get it. <laughs> I always Absolutely. thought if I were to go back and I wanted to bring something weird, I'd bring like an industrial roll of saran wrap, not only for shoes, but I saw a video on YouTube and someone like wrapped it around four trees and then up and over and made a shelter in like 48 seconds. It was completely bug and waterproof, like 100%. I was like, I don't think I'm gonna bring saran wrap next time. Wow, <laughs> and you can keep your food fresh overnight. That's, <laughs> that's right. well. That's I'm glad to hear that because I, I was I was gonna ask you about the duct tape thing. I feel like dependent on location, I feel like it can be a really solid item, and you know, as we find out, it definitely is. Now they pull out their map, and let me tell you how disappointed I am because I went on and on last week about how. We stepped into the modern era of map making with this upgraded state-of-the-art map. I don't know if you saw last week's episode, but they had like this whole key, like the huge oversized yeah. animals were replaced with orange triangles. Like it was pretty exciting. I felt like we were really moving in a good direction with our map making skills. Uh -huh. This episode, we stepped back and we were back to the 1800s version of a cartoon <laughs> map. With like you know, these out of proportion snakes. Uh, yeah, I am gonna email Discovery and be like, "Hey, you may not want me back, but can I draw your maps?" Art Please do. I'm, I'm joining the art department. <laughs> I I will fully endorse this. I feel like somebody needs to take charge of these damn maps. We need yes. some consistency. It's 2023. Let's make some shit happen. Insertion hike is a doozy because the surface temperature is what, like 120 degrees when they're getting going. Uh, misery. And like you said, Amy uh, thoughtfully brought duct tape and they stopped, slapped some on their feet, and it was a game changer. During the hike, we find out that Trey is an expert snake hunter. <laughs> Same Trey. And yeah. I've been to that gay bar, Snake Hunter. It's super fun. It's in uh, West Palm Beach. You get him free if you wear saran wrap. <laughs> <laughs> he he says he can smell a snake a mile away or something like that, which is impressive. The fertilance is like some certain snakes have like an odor to them you can smell, yeah. Yeah. but apparently he can smell any snake from like a, a very far distance, which is some I, of them do have that stinky musky smell. But I'm like, after a day or two in the wild, so do I. So like, I'm like is that is that lunch or is that me? <laughs> exactly where does my smell end and the snake smell start <laughs> they get to their destination and i thought it was absolutely beautiful i mean mother nature's a funny funny lady because it looked like an oasis i mean they had fresh water like flowing out of the side of the mountain so we it, were very clear why they didn't need a pot it looked like a dasani commercial i was like what is this like perfect water yeah, yeah. Oh, you've been to stunning. africa you've been to africa it's like just mud it just looks like poop like it's just Half of it is poop. Lucky bastards. I remember like literal elephant feces in my water, like yeah. just going down to collect it. And there's a big poop ball of elephant feces mm -hmm. like floating by and they've got Dasani just flowing out of the side of the hill. Yeah. Beautiful, like beautiful place. They find this, I don't want to call it a cave because it had like openings on many sides, but it's this basically 
rock overhang that is really enticing because you know if it does rain you're going to be out of the rain and they decide to make that home and they immediately get going for firewood trey starts a fire and <laughs> he says yeah fire in like a satan like <laughs> screamo voice so here's which... <laughs> something here's something you don't know from watching the challenge um that i know because i i have no trey is he is a smoker trey i love you he is a chain smoker just so like i want to know how people and they've talked about this once or twice before with survivalists like how they go from smoking one or two packs a day to cold turkey because i assure you you don't get food or cigarettes while you're out there yeah but he didn't seem to bring it up he didn't seem to have side effects that i noticed but i feel like that would really trip you out to go from all that nicotine to none yeah, it's, it's pretty wild because I feel like there have been actually a show that I did, a uh, survival show that I did prior to Naked and Afraid. <laughs> One of the ladies on the show gave up smoking the day that we started filming. And by day three, she was a raging bitch and wanted to kill all of us. And, <laughs> you know, that I do wonder about that. I had no idea that he was a smoker. But, like, I think part of it is your body's going through so many withdrawals. Like for me, like I have my coffee every morning. You know, we're all used to sugar, like all these things that we're used to taking. So I feel like if you are going to give up like smoking or something like that, may as well do it then because you're giving up like six trillion different things that you don't even know you're addicted to. Yeah. And if anything, you come home and you're like, I've kicked the habit because it's been three damn weeks and I haven't had one. So yeah. Good. Yeah, people always say naked afraid. It's like, oh, it's the best weight loss program out there. It is. But also, it could be the best smoking cessation program there is. It really is. Yeah, if you want to give up alcohol or cigarettes, think about naked and afraid, guys. Night one, the wind chill drops to 43 degrees, which, I mean, just talk about cozy. That's that's miserable. Like, that's Mis not fair. Misery. Like, you're naked. You don't even have a sheet over your body. And in those caves, you're not on the ground. You're not on flat, like, level surface. Sleeping on solid level ground sucks. But then when you're on cold, uneven stones, like, uh, that's that's just shitty. Like, yeah. you're, everything's going to be thrown out of, a, like, alignment. You're miserable. And you've got this wind. It basically was a wind tunnel because there's this back opening. And neither of them slept at all. So day two... They set out to make a wind block to close off this wind tunnel. Night two, I mean, the evening is approaching, and once again, you just see the wind whipping. You know this is going to be the norm for, like, every night going in. The wind chill drops to 40 degrees. The grass bedding that they got to sleep on trying to improve their situation is terrible, and they're running out of firewood. That's a good point. I always hear people on fan pages be like, just get more, just have two fires, have three fires, have five fires. I'm like, you idiots, like, where are you going to get all that firewood? You're already searching for firewood eight hours a day to keep one fire going, let alone two fires or three fires. I mean, look around, all that's around them is rock. Like, I, I was kind of thinking, I was like, I don't know if they could have made it to day 21, at least with a fire, because there wasn't enough to burn. I think that's such a good point because when you're in the desert, I mean, you look at their surroundings and it's like 99.5% rocks and then maybe some yeah. cactus. So to find any kind of like deadwood out there, you're traveling crazy distances. And there was even one part where I saw Amy start a fire 
where it looked like there was slightly more sticks than what I would use. And I was like, oh, settle down, sweetie. You know, <laughs> we we need to preserve right. this shit. You know, You're going you, too hard, girl. You're going too hard. You need that wood. Yeah, exactly. Trey, um, Trey told me today, actually, I had a conversation with them, and he brought up kind of a good point that it was so windy and uh, all that extra oxygen blowing through your fire just makes it burn oh, two or three point. times faster than it normally would. So wow. they were definitely smoking that wood. Day three, once again, they're trying to improve their sleeping situation. I mean, they've gone, you know, a couple nights now without any sleep at all. Mm. And we do really see now where collecting firewood in the desert is no joke. I mean, we just talked about it, but it's like you're going on through these rocky canyons. I mean, you're basically miles. And the thing that you have to think about is you find a bunch of shit. But then, you know, the next day you're going to have to hike even farther to get more. Yeah. We see Amy's feet and they are horrifying, which is funny because you yeah. said Chris. I mean, it's not funny, like, haha, funny. But Chris had foot issues in that same location. I had serious foot issues when I filmed in Montana. And I will say, like, the fact that Amy was not complaining about that more, like, mad props to her. Because the feet, I mean, they were basically raw. And you need yeah. to walk all day, every day. That sucks. That that really, yeah. really I'm, sucks. I'm, I tried to do all the foot prep before both my challenges. And everyone says, ah, go walk on this, walk on gravel, walk on hot concrete. I did all that crap for weeks. It didn't do a damn thing, but maybe that's just Africa and the thorns. But like, um, I had to make shoes, both my challenges. One of palm fronds on the second one, I took my bow quiver. Uh, Chris and I cut it into pieces and made the most bomb leather shoes I think that Nancy Freight's ever had. Wow. That's toot my own horn for a moment. They yeah, were never even shown, but like <laughs> my feet, I'm, I'm a big foot baby. So seeing them burn like that, I'm like, whoo. I'm out of strap. But what I also, also didn't understand is they wrapped them on duct tape on day one, but then you see them on day four, day six, day whatever, and they're not wrapped up again. I'm like, what did it get cold? Is it, what? I think at one point later on, they did say something about the duct tape being really slick on the rocks. Oh. I okay. think I caught that, that which is sense. probably you don't why. Want to fall yeah. to your death on Discovery Channel. It, exactly. Yeah. So just have some busted <laughs> feet instead. They they continue to improve their wind block wall, which, you know, it, it seems like it's kind of a lost cause. I mean, they're basically putting up like a screen in a window trying to stop the wind. Um, but, you know, to give credit where credit is due, they're trying everything they can to improve their situation. They know their big, like, kind of challenge at this point is their nights. You know, they're kind of miserable. And we didn't even, did we even talk about, we didn't even bring up day one when Trey got the snake. No, we didn't, oh, we didn't true. even say that. Yeah. It was so, called the California King snake. He said it like eight times. That's yeah. California yeah. King, to make sure that we knew what that snake was called. This is the California King snake. What kind? He did. California was, King snake. Yeah. We got it, yeah. Trey. We got it. Yeah. So in case any of you listeners weren't sure, it was a California King snake. Uh, he almost missed it at first. It went into the water, uh, but Trey was successful. And then he yells, uh, spine severed, which is just a way of uh, making it known that he's an expert snake hunter. Um, That's but, how I feel I'm old when I wake up out of bed in the morning. I'm like, oh, spine severed. I've got a kink in my neck. Very relatable. But we should, I mean, that, that does deserve to go back and say, because on day one, they had 
shelter, fire, water, and food. So they deserve right. Which, a no, good wait bit of respect for Jake, that. I think Jake, you're giving them too much credit on that one. They had fire, shelter, and water. Two of them they didn't have to work for at all. Their shelter was a cave and their water was Dasani poured out of a rock. Like That is true. We should take water off them. the table. That was basically they were handed a case of bottled water. Good point. <laughs> that is a good point. Now, the shelter, you know, they thought it was a great shelter. But yeah, that's we find true. out that's very a, quickly that was point. not. That it they ended up having work. to... Yeah, they wasted a lot of effort trying to repair something that was just needed to be set on fire. So yeah, good job for though for the the snake for the food, all that stuff. That was day one. Let's go back to where we were. I think on day three, it's another cold night with no sleep. And Amy mentions that she doesn't think that even the seasoned naked and afraid professionals could survive in that location. This is the first time that Amy brings up the T word. You know, she's she's. A, talking about tapping, but also I'm curious as to your thoughts on her comment as far as as not thinking seasoned professionals could survive in that location. I disagree. I think you got some psychopaths like you and um, <laughs> you. DJ who will do some <laughs> sick, sick stuff to survive in the wild uh, and to brag, you know, after <laughs> in respect, like I would. Too. Right. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. 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 But Trey had that mantra, you know, what do you say? Um, die before tap or uh, he had this mantra that was like, die first, tap second or something like that. I was like, those are heavy words. Those are some heavy words, which we'll come back to that at the end. I actually, want, I actually, <laughs> we will, I actually we'll circle think back <laughs> at the end. I think that Trey had one of the most interesting quotes oh, um, that I've ever yeah. heard in the series. And mm -hmm. true story, we can talk about this later too. I had a conversation with Dave Story not long ago, big producer of the show, and I told him, I said, the most interesting and incredible quote in the entire franchise is Jake saying, don't eat the fruit. Not because this is the greatest quote, but the circumstances, the story, everything that was happening is literally the most powerful quote in the entire franchise. That's your moment. I'm going to give you that. Oh, thank you. And the fact that I was running like a huge homosexual that had food poisoning <laughs> did not help the scene I wasn't, at all. I, was I wasn't going to mention that part, but I was just trying to give you some cred. That's like, it was watching like some sickly elephant that had never used its legs before running. Like, well, what's wrong with that gazelle? She's not feeling so good. It was it was not cute, but I'm glad. I'm glad that was memorable for everybody. I'm glad my near death experience. It was so fun to watch. <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> it was really fun to live the moment too. If you have, if you're watching this, you haven't seen it. The Naked Afraid XL season two, literally the best season of of the entire franchise. Mm -hmm. oh, not because, we were, not because of Jake. Well, it was mostly because of me. We were actually <laughs> up for an Emmy, uh, but we didn't get it because I literally pooped myself while vomiting. <laughs> Day four, Amy is worried about the long-term effects of the challenge on her body, which I completely understand, and just not being able to play with her grandkids if anything goes wrong, and she wants to go. Uh, she's ready to tap. Trey, being a great partner, is like, what can I do? What can I say to get you back into go mode? Yeah. And she's just, you know, once you get to that spot, you know, you, you can't go back from it. And then we see producer Cat yeah. enter the scene, which is never, never a good thing. And uh, Amy makes it official and taps. If any of you watching ever do this challenge, if you're like, I want to apply, I want to do it. Let me tell you something, day four through six are awful. And because on everyone, I don't care who you are, how prepared you are, 
Um, day one, two, three, you're on adrenaline. You still have food in your body. You're like hype and still excited about the whole experience. Day four, five, and six, that is when your body realizes it's depleted of things that it needs and it goes into panic survival mode. That is science. I, <laughs> well. I don't want to brag, but I'm basically like the Bill Nye of negative <laughs> You're like, I'm a tap out scientist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm studying this. So Amy makes it official and taps. And after she does, she says, I doubt EJ could make it out here. And I was like, girl, you calling out people? I mean, that is a call out. I mean, if, I don't know if you know the big dogs, the powers that be would want to bring EJ back. And I, I know that he would. But that's, that's that's some threatening words. I say bring that dog back and let him show you a thing or two. <clears throat> yeah, that's... Not I, me. I don't want to do it. <laughs> EJ, he's a sicko. He'll do it. Her PSR drops from 6.3 to 4.7. Wah, wah. Um, down to so, the fours. <laughs> yeah, the, the fours the four is rough, but... <laughs> Trey is faced now with over two weeks of surviving on his own. He throws a rock in anger. And you know, after throwing the rock, he decides that he needs to leave the old sleeping spot behind and find something smaller with less wind, which I thought was a really smart decision that probably should have happened sooner. And he finds a that's, really good... Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the sign of a good survivalist. Someone says, here's a problem. How do I fix it? Most people say, here's a problem. I'm going to sit and suffer. And good for him. Yeah. No, I think I think it was a really smart, smart choice on his part. And he makes a lean to style shelter in this little kind of kind of little crevice in the the side of the the mountain. And he makes a really adorable little duct tape sleeping mat, which is great because I do feel like I thought initially that Amy was a spokesperson for duct tape, you know, between her like gorgeous water bowl and everything she was making. So I was really happy to see that Trey was carrying it on. While he's sleeping, the frogs quit croaking and his natural response is to go back to that loud, weird, satanic voice that he does and was like, <laughs> to try to scare off any potential predators. Also, my O-face sound. Keep going, Jake. <laughs> Day five to nine is basically a gorgeous montage of Trey collecting firewood, which, I mean... To his credit, like you're literally spending all day doing that. Like that's all you really have time for. And he ends up on the afternoon of day nine. He finds a prickly pear cactus. He decides to try the fruit. He was very smart, only at a small amount. But day 10, we find Trey having abdominal pains. He is in a lot of pain. But first, private parts. (laughs) Oh, now we're here. We're here. I rushed things a little bit just to get it here for you. <laughs> thank you, so, thank you, thank you. Private parts this week. We have Trey making a very fashionable thong out of duct tape. I mean, legit ass floss. He does a pretty awkward dance, which made me kind of uncomfortable. And I mean, <laughs> he granted- does the, the turnaround, <laughs> like to show his butt. And I love Trey. Trey's my boy. He knows he's watching this. You are my boy. I die for you, buddy. But you have no butt, bro. You have no, of course, he had lost like 12 pounds. All of us white boys, the first thing that goes on us is our ass. So he was serving up full-on pancake ass. Yeah. And yeah. he turned. But, you know, I mean, for me, it's always fashion over function. I'm certain that that would chafe the old butthole 
That's um, what I thought. I was like, I think I'd rather not have something done my butt crack. Um, and, you know, it kind of reminded me back to there was a guy, Dan Link, um, who is incredible. And uh, he made a snakeskin song and also did a little dance. And it kind of like brought me back to that moment. when He did that on one of his uh, 21 Day Challenges. I found a weird long bird's nest and put that on my genitals in South Africa. I feel like there's something about just dressing up your genitals when you're on these challenges that just really is exciting. You know, actually, joke is on you and everyone watching. I have on a button-up shirt and suspenders, which is my thing, and I actually have a duct tape thong on. Which actually was my, my question for you was, have you ever worn a thong? Back in my day, maybe uh, maybe there was a pair or two. I was trying to go out and feel a little sexy. Wow, that's. I think I tried it on once. Yeah, I think it was at Ross Dress for Less, and <laughs> you're not allowed to try those on, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I feel I feel really bad for whoever ended up actually buying that pair because they went home with a lot of me. Like I put it on, it was like immediately just having something like in your butt cheeks is really. I, I felt know. like really and unnatural and really on my first challenge. I had three ticks literally eating me inside my butt crack. So. Uh... I assure you, nothing uh, feels good in your butt crack. All right. So anyway, we are back to the suffering. And the medic comes in. Trey is in a lot of pain. The medic rules out appendicitis. And he tells Trey to drink a lot of water. Here's interesting what you don't know from the show. I did talk to Trey. And uh, his, the pain in his abdomen was not from the cactus. It was from uh, being clogged up. That was from... Oh, uh, he did. He did make some comment about like not being able to poop. Yeah, that's really okay. what it was. So it wasn't. I mean, those cactus fruit I I ate in Africa. My first challenge, a lot of sugar, a lot of good vitamins, nothing that would really cause constipation. But it was the dehydration. Um, you know, your in, intestines. I guess all that stuff needs a lot of water to flush yeah, all your stuff out. Yeah, it just ends out. up with a bunch of hard rock hard turds if you don't drink. So water. many hard turds. Day 11, Trey starts the day by grabbing the wrong end of a burning stick. And I mean, I mean, talk about just a, a shitty day. Yeah, like that We've day 11. Absolutely. Day 11, like your brain is just deprived of everything. I mean, I remember walking up to a fire and just barefoot standing on some coals. And my, yeah. I was like, my feet are burning. And it took me like 10 seconds to be like, it's because I'm standing on coal. You should probably move. I mean, your brain just, your brain doesn't work at a normal pace. He talks about, you know, how it would be different if his partner was there to pick up the slack, which I agree totally, especially if you've got a, a crappy location, you know, I mean, that's where this, this, you know, two person thing really comes into into play is like you have those bad days everybody has an off day and you know having somebody that can step in just do the necessities firewood and water is yeah. a game changer and he did not have that luxury i've said on both my challenges your greatest tool isn't it's not a machete it's not a pot it's not a fire charger your greatest tool is your partner day 12 trey takes a nap and it looks like he died i mean he's looking extra thin there's like flies just resting on his like face. I mean, he's clearly in rough shape. And once again, producer Cat returns and Trey says he can't go on and he has to tap. Cat says, let's get you out of the desert. To which Trey responds, the desert 
will never be out of me. And I like immediately had flashbacks. <laughs> Jake, you are such a pervert. <laughs> No, well, it wasn't even that. It was just the, oh, the tone, oh. the tone, the way he said it. It was so much like, "I wish I could just quit you from Brokeback Mountain." It was like <laughs> it was that like exact it, it tone. He opens with a RuPaul's quote and shuts it down with Brokeback. Oh, I feel like it was meant to be really deep, but producer Cat was like, "All right, let's go ahead and get out of here." Yeah, here's her robe. Get in the truck. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I, <laughs> I think I referenced this earlier and I was waiting until we got here. I loved Trey's quote at the end and I thought it was incredible storytelling when he said something along the lines, I'm getting this wrong, I'm going to butcher it. But he said, um, I used to say, um, die before tapping. And he said, I died and then I tapped. He's just talking about his spirit. And uh, I know that feeling. I went through that on a day in Africa. And um, I thought that was such a, I, like, I write comic books. It's like my side fun job. I work in nonprofit full time, but I write comic books. So I always look at a lot of these challenges and excels and like as like stories. And the, I, I, people are like, oh, I wish there was more survival. I wish there was more bow drill. I wish there was more fiction fire and building of rafts. And, and I'm like, I look at it as like a people story. And that's why I love Naked and Afraid. I was a super fan before I ever did it. And so I just love these moments. I'm like, man, that is such a good quote. Yeah, I actually, I agree. I like that one a lot more than the, the desert will never be out of. <laughs> no, that no, that one's still good. I, I, I <laughs> no, it. but no, the, the one you just <laughs> said does. I feel like that takes the cake for sure. <laughs> Trey, Trey loses... 12 pounds and his PSR drops from 7.0 to Mm 6.0. Trey at the start said, not today, Satan, to which Satan responded, yes, today, bitch. (laughs) I mean, there's a couple of people you don't mess with. Uh, Satan and Bette Midler. Two interesting things that I know about Trey is, one, he had a beautiful, sweet partner, and he, he had been a Naked Afraid fan forever. He had uh, done a show on Discovery Channel called Darkness, where he lived in the caves and had to find his way out. I don't think that show made it past a, a, a single season, but it is actually very interesting. So this is his second time on Discovery. And uh, his partner, uh, who I had met, and she's a lovely, badass woman, um, she passed away just a few weeks after he got out of oh, uh, Devil's goodness. Canyon. And I don't want to bring this down, and I know he doesn't either, and she wouldn't either because I've met her, and she's she's a wild, fun, badass, but I'm just tickled to death that she got to see him go do it, and uh, so she knows that he got to live out that dream of doing Naked Afraid, which is something I know that he dreamed about for a long time, and um, that was something that never really came up in in the, this challenge. I understand that. That was his yeah. home life, but uh, I'm still kind of tickled that you know, she got to know that he got to go out there and, and live it and do it and try it and fight for it. And um, so a little cool backstory on Trey. Well, thank you so much for joining me. That was yeah. fun. Did I do okay? I don't know. Did I cuss too much? Did I make it no, weird? No, there was Are my not... comments offhanded? I don't know. Um, no, you were amazing. And I really thank you for taking the time to uh, be here with us. And thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And be sure to send any questions you have about the show to questions at jakeandafraid.com. And be sure to tune in next time for an all-new Jake and Afraid. Until then, have a gorgeous week.